it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows, on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans for the week of Monday, September 12th, 2022. As always, I'm your host, Robert Viajos, and this week, the suspension is over after our backstage altercation. Rick Monsi is back in the saddle. Rick, how's it going? It's going good. It's nice to be back on the podcast and back with y'all, and I'm uh, sorry for my absence, but you know how it goes. Sometimes work calls, but yeah, I'm ready to talk about everything that's been going on because there are one or two things that have happened since I was last with you guys. So, Rick, I, I think we're going to talk a little UFC and then we will uh, we'll flip over, talk a little AEW. I kind of feel like we could just copy and paste the conversation from each end <laughs> this week. We really could. That's what right. it felt like when everything was happening. Right. So and just to give you guys a little bit of context, Rick is not on social media in a traditional sense. So basically, my text thread to him is his social media feed. So I've basically spent the whole week just like, hey, hey, this happened. Hey, this happened. Hey, this happened. So it's been it's been fun to experience in real time. And and what you're going to hear now is uh, us being able to really talk about everything that we've been talking about, but talk about it, um, talk about it with our with our full context. And just remember, you can also always send us an email the way Patrick did. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. That email address is MMALivecast at gmail.com. M-M-A-L-I-V-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. All right, Rick, let's get into it. So last week, I gave a quick preview of UFC 279. That preview, I hope nobody listened to it, because by the time Friday rolled around, it was completely irrelevant. Um, We had a few things happen. First of all, because this is what happens in combat sports right now, we had a backstage brawl with, most notably, Kevin Holland and Kazmat Chimeyev, and we saw some of the footage. Of course, Nate Diaz got involved over there, to the point where Dana White felt compelled to cancel the press conference. Again, it's not a... They're not good press conferences. They're, they're pretty much uh, dog and pony show events, but that was fairly significant that he felt the need to cancel the presser. In the moment, Rick, what was your reaction to all that? Yeah, that was that was interesting. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was when it started happening, but it's funny, neither did they, because as they brought out some of the competitors, when they had Kevin Holland come out and uh, Daniel Rodriguez, it was still going on. So I don't think really anyone understood the implications until Dana White just stepped aside and just did interviews with the the media and almost like an impromptu media scrum. And we were all questioning as to if the card's in jeopardy for any reason. And little did we know we had weigh-ins the next morning that would make that the press conference seem not even like a relevant thing anymore. It's amazing how much drama is happening with this card. It really did remind me of the Habib, the Habib card when he lost two opponents and Connor went after the bus and everything except that was much more explosive and with bigger personalities. I mean, had Conor McGregor, one of the biggest stars ever, and Habib, who was becoming one of them. And But with, this is still significant. But it is interesting that Nate Diaz seemed to be a little bit in the background. It was more Kevin Holland, but especially more Chemayev. And if you were watching any of the footage, whether it be the UFC releasing their their video blogs daily or just on social media, Shemayev getting in fights with Paula Costa and everything. This was really 
either great PR for him and he's now turning into the final boss of some of the division or it's the worst PR you could imagine, but he's definitely getting his name out there. Yeah. And started with this. And I can't make a determination yet, to be honest with you. I've kind of gone back and forth because did he like, I don't know if he had a bad week or a good week and we'll talk about other reasons why um, he was definitely the most visible fighter. I felt this week in a week that included Nate Diaz, who is, you know, one of the bigger stars in, in MMA still to this day, it felt like Chimaev took a lot of the spotlight um, so much so that they ended up not fighting. And you, you mentioned the, the, the Habib uh, fight. That's exactly what I talked what I thought of. I mean, to, to give chronology just from our show alone, we recorded two preview episodes of that show because there, there was a little snafu on my computer. Those two preview episodes ended up being completely useless when Tony Ferguson, who was on this card, by the way, got hurt, uh, you know, climbing over a, a piece of equipment or something in the Fox that's studio. That's right. That's right. It we all started with him. Right. The card got in jeopardy on Thursday when McGregor threw the dolly. The card further was in jeopardy on Friday when no one can make weight. And we got there on Saturday night. This was not that chaotic, but it was, it was similar. It, no it, one got arrested. <laughs> there was no, yeah, no legal ramifications um, from this. You, you know, legal even in the sense of criminal, but also legal in the terms of civil. As we had guys like uh, I think was it Kiesa, right? That that collected some money ooh, off of McGregor. Got yeah. glass in his eyes. Yeah. yeah. So so I don't think uh, I don't think we quite reached that level. Uh, thankfully, this week, but it was. Uh, it was reminiscent of that. And then with the other thing we were going to talk about at the end, with the other backstage brawls that are happening, it just kind of kind of had a feel of a of a chaotic week. So that, that really, that was Thursday. We get to Friday morning, and like nobody can make weight. And what I mean, nobody can make weight, I am not kidding. We have one, two, three, four, five, six catchweight fights on this card. This might have wow. been like UFC open weight. They, they could have renamed this card. Nobody could make weight, including a stubby heavyweight that came in over the heavyweight limit. We'll talk about him in a little bit. That's just an amazing feat. Not making weight at heavyweight's amazing, but like it's yeah. okay. If you're Francis Ngannou or Brock Lesnar, that's one thing. When you're like five eight or, or whatever part it is, that's that's a whole nother level. So so you have you have just everybody missed weight. Just everybody missed weight on this one, including a main eventer and Kazmat Chimeyev. Donald, he got into a brawl the day before, and then he misses weight the next day. He didn't just miss weight by, uh, like, the scale error, so to speak. You know, where it's, okay, the guy couldn't cut wet one pound down. You understand uh, there, there's those situations. He missed weight by about seven pounds, which is yeah. usually, you know, that that's considered, as they say, you know, un, you know, the lack of professionalism that a fighter has. Now, he was informed by the doctor to stop cutting weight, which also makes me think he was not training properly for this fight. Then if that's the case, if he hit still had that much weight to lose and it was unhealthy for him to lose anymore. Well, and there was reports that he was at a restaurant drinking bubbly water the night before and eating or something like that. So yeah, it just, but, he might've not really been trying in mm -hmm. general, which is weird. This is weird because this is the most high-profile fight he's ever been involved in. Like, this should be at, up he's to this He's making point. jokes about it. Yeah, posting the photo know. of him and Darren Till being fat. Um, yeah, so that was weird. So, like, it was... The 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 whole card seemed in jeopardy through most of the afternoon and, and morning on Friday. And 
Um, Rick's, Rick and I were texting back and forth and he's like, Hey, what do you know? What do you like? There is nothing to know. Like nothing was decided right. until, uh, I don't know who reported it out first. Or if it was just, it was Helwani that I, that I saw just on my Twitter feed, uh, announced a complete shakeup of the card when you had, instead of Diaz versus Chimeoff, you have Diaz versus Ferguson main eventing Chimeoff versus Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez versus Lee Jinlong. This is insane how everyone stayed on the card, but just switched dance partners. There's not a lot of, of precedent for this, Rick. What, what was your take on this? This was weird. It felt like a professional wrestling card, and uh -huh. especially since AEW just had all the behind-the-scenes stuff going on as well. In pro wrestling, we're used to cards being shaken up like this, but not in the UFC. It was like a tournament UFC-style pay-per-view. It was interesting. I really liked how it all worked out, though. In the end, we kind of, in many ways, got a better card than we would have if it had stayed intact mm -hmm. i you know we'll get into the fights itself but i think the nate versus chamaya fight would have ended up being pretty similar to him versus holland and maybe and then i think the ferguson versus jill uh the leech would have been not as interesting as the co-main event that we had was and i it all ended up shaking out pretty well the one thing that was interesting was that uh, Dana White said when the card was in jeopardy, they do, they sold 200 extra tickets. You'd think people would be asking for the refund and everything, but this is a complete sellout yet again. And and it just sh goes to show how you and me think that the USC is kind of cold right now, but as a live product, it's hot as hell. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, keeps, that keeps bearing out actually everywhere. 25 um, sellouts in a row. Yeah, so that, that, that does keep happening. As you said, there was... There was interest, but you know what? It, it's kind of, I, I still think we are validated with saying the UFC is cold, though, even with this situation, because like they're basically admitting it on air during the pay per view that the original card wasn't very good. They they basically admitted right. that with the reshuffling of the deck, and I also think maybe that interest just came from the fact that people knew, okay, they're gonna they're gonna try to have some sort of make good, and it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a bit better. So I, I think we're we're still not inaccurate by saying UFC feels very cold right now. With that said, I think that that's from a, a viewer standpoint. From a business standpoint, um, I think they're doing okay. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, the UFC, though, really, uh, you got to give it up to the... The, the the staff over there they really did a good job of um, having to shift so many things on such late notice but and I give them that credit because they deserve that credit you could see it in the, I felt like you could feel it in the broadcast too um, and not necessarily it wasn't necessarily a negative effect but there was so many less video packages and hype packages going into these fights where there were finishes so I, I felt and maybe this is just perception I felt the card itself had a much crisper feel to it because there just wasn't a lot that the UFC had to work with from all the other bells and whistles that they usually stuff into a pay-per-view. Yeah, which is good. And again, I hats off to the production team for being able to remake the poster so quickly, remake the intro videos. Like the new cold open they had was really, really good. And I'm sure it was pretty easy just to copy and paste. And uh, some of the videos are so generic. They are that hard, but... Yeah, it, they did a good job, and the weigh-ins were extra hot. Do you think this got any buzz on social media or anything? Like, did this get people talking at all in your world or in the sports world that you could notice? Uh, no, um, I wouldn't say it did. Um, it like people were aware of it, but people were so cold on the card going into it that there just wasn't a lot of buzz in this being a UFC card. And then you got to remember what's happening. Like as I speak, I watch. I have two TVs going in front of me. This is the start of football season, of the NFL season. So you had you had tons of college football yesterday, 
and the start of the NFL season today. So that that is, and then you saw the tennis going on too, which has really captivated people. So in the in the outside of the bubble, I think this card was like this is the worst weekend for for a diamond in the rough kind of card. Mm. It's probably probably true. I uh, yeah, I don't know what. I think it's just a good time for pretty usual casuals or diehard fans to have these kind of cards and the card coming up and everything like this, but you're not calling your friend saying, Hey, come over. You better watch this card anytime soon, especially with some of the fight nights coming up. It's just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's rough. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That definitely seems to be the case overall, as we've been talking about with the, USC, who, who had a good like two year run. I feel like the last, like they came back from the pandemic and, would have some had some dreadful fight night cards, but overall we're producing good quality. Where now it seems we're we're taking we're taking a bit of a step back. I will say though, uh, Chimeyev is is something that uh, he he's kind of in the mold. Obviously, I mean he's, he's not uh, exactly, but he's kind of in the mold of a lot of the fighters that are taking over the UFC, which we can kind of blame on some of the lack of interest with the uh, with the Dagestani uh, takeover. Which I think contributes to the to, to the uh, the declining, and again, I want to say interest is one thing because they are they are selling well, but but just for it not being as entertaining, I think is what we're getting at now. Uh, Kazuma obviously is not part of uh, part of that whole crew, but he's it's easy to see how people would lump him in there. But he's he's a completely different beast. So him specifically, there there was a little bit of buzz um, as well as Nate, but it, it wasn't a fight that people were necessarily. A juice to scene. I think when the changes got made, Nate and Tony just suddenly was just a much better matchup. And so, as we talked about, the diehards, I think, got more solidified uh, with this card. But let's break it down uh, fight by fight here on the main card. And it was Nate Diaz to get the main event here. This was really Nate's weekend. Like, this was Nate's time. Yeah, where it really he, was. He was finally the A-side on one of these on one of these cards, like, truly. Like, it wasn't him and him and Masvidal on the rock kind of sharing the stage um, at the, at, at the other card they did at MSG. It wasn't him versus Connor. It was Nate Diaz kind of finally on the A side. And then it got, it almost got like reinforced. I felt like with the, with the Ferguson fights, like, Oh man, this would have been a really good fight about five years ago, but it's still probably a pretty good fight. And then Nate Diaz gets a win here. He gets a guillotine over Tony Ferguson. Now, Ferguson, I thought, looked better than he had looked in a lot of those recent fights where he, where he had just looked ancient, maybe because he dyed his hair. I'm not even kidding with that. Like, that seemed to play into the perception prior that, that he was declining so much. He looked okay here. Uh, Diaz looked... Nate looked like Nate, which is kind of a neutral statement because we, we know Nate takes a lot of shots, has insane volume, the the cardio, all of that. Nate didn't bleed, though, in the way we're used to seeing Nate bleeding. It right. was ac- It was actually Tony... That was doing the bleeding, and both men were destroying each other's stances. You knew something had to give, and this was at times uh, because there was not actually a rivalry here. These guys just kind of got matched up with here. It, this didn't seem like this, you know, hateful thing. So it wasn't. It was entertainment, but not in the uh, the way that the entertainment can rise with these two with these two fighters. With that said, Ferguson wanted to grapple with Nate Diaz. If you've watched any Nate Diaz fight though for like the last five years especially the McGregor series, you know that fighters do not want to get on the ground with Nate Diaz. Tony Ferguson is not a conventional fighter. He was submitted at 252 of the fourth round to a guillotine choke. Rick, what was your take on the fight as a whole? I, it's interesting because if you're watching this main event and you've never seen these two fight before, 
in their own fights before they met were matched up last night and didn't understand their age and how they're kind of all due respect over the hill to a certain extent. This probably wouldn't have been the best intro fight for a new fan, especially the way Diaz was kind of throwing weird sidekicks initially and acting tired or just checked out like him and his brother do at times. And their styles and the commentators even said it too, the way they box or the way they strike, which is so unconventional and weird at times. I didn't know if I was a, I was really interested in this fight because it was a good fight or it's because it's a last fight or it, it kind of had thriller vibes to me a little bit. It reminded me of when Mike Tyson uh, had his fight, his thriller fight and how it was just kind of like, Oh, he looks pretty good still. And you're just, you're hoping to see some of the, the old patterns and everything like that, but you're not exactly seeing anyone at their, the peak of their career, but it's a star power fight. And so that's how I felt with it. And with Tony going in and getting choked out, it was interesting how maybe it was just a really good guillotine, but he, he just kind of gave up and maybe he almost had his arm snapped in half by Charles Oliveira a while ago, but that was a different Tony, I guess. And so now he, he tapped out and he just seemed very happy about everything. And it was just mm. very weird in general. You know, it, it is like Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson hugging each other and just celebrating afterwards because there was no winner or loser. But that's the vibe I got. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. That is funny because I was thinking, I was thinking almost the exact everything you said. I w- I've been thinking of since since watching the fight. I I kind of thought it was analogous to like the people who bought Ric Flair's last match really enjoying that mm-hmm. because you're just there to see the greatest hits. Really, you're there. You know, you you know what you're getting into. You know the relevance of this to the outside world, so you're enjoying what you are watching. And the other analogy I thought of is is my uh, infamous dislike of. Um, Anderson Silva versus Adesanya. Zero Adesanya. Yeah, I yeah. thought of that too. Yeah, th- that's kind of what this was like. And I guess I am a hypocrite because I, I like this, I think, a whole hell of a lot more than I like that fight. So part part of part of that's uh, my own uh, my own hypocrisy there. But I think uh, I, I think I think it's hitting on it's it, it it's hitting on that general theme of of there is no rivalry here. These are not really uh 
as weird as both guys can come across, they're not very inauthentic. So uh, you you wouldn't expect them to, to kind of manufacture um, this this uh, this type of of animosity or or showmanship. Although there was plenty of showmanship in this fight, including as you said, Nate just kind of hanging on the cage in the in the middle of the fight. That was just that was just odd. But it was Tony should have just gone after him. Like Tony should have just bummed rushed him at that point. Like he gave him a lot of respect. He let Nate lean against the cage for like five whole seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and and you, you you were wondering at some point if uh, if that was gonna uh, if that was gonna change if the uh, if the chickens were gonna kind of come home to roost on that, but it didn't. I was but I was kind of stunned at the at the outcome that Nate just Nate just got the job done here, and Nate's in a bit of power position now. If the if the fight wouldn't have happened, there was some talk that the way his contract was structured, he could have essentially uh, pieced out in the UFC completely. Uh, as seems to be his intention, but we'll see because you have that McGregor fight still sitting out there. McGregor still wants that fight. McGregor tweets about that fight all the time. And I think it's a good fight for Connor because it's a more winnable fight for Connor than the other big name fights are. With that said, neither fighter is necessarily under like UFC contract in that way. So that fight can happen anywhere. Either way, both of those two men, once again, six years later, whatever it is, are are seemingly calling the shots on on their next direction. What do you think, Rick? Does does Nate stay in the UFC? Do we have the Connor fight? If we do have the Connor fight, is it is it in the UFC? Is it somewhere else? Where where do you think things are headed? I think for Nate, what he's got his own he's starting his own promotion, I guess. Didn't Nick Diaz try to do that well as well? Yeah, yeah Nick the War MMA, didn't he? Yeah, wasn't that his? Yeah. The big old is brawl. Still a thing? I, I think there was like a big old brawl that broke out and people got arrested or something. That okay, might not be yeah. accurate, so but now, something like that. Now Nate's trying it. We'll see how that goes. And so he's got that. And he pretty much said he was going to go into boxing. He didn't say the word boxing, but we all know what he was talking Unless he's going into lacrosse or something like that. It's probably boxing. And for him, he's probably just waiting to see what happens with Silva and Jake Paul at the end of October in Arizona. And if Jake Paul wins that, Diaz is coming up. And probably going to fight him. Even Jake Paul said that on social media. There's a video of him going like, "Ooh, Nick D- Nate Diaz is in going into boxing. I wonder who he should fight." And so he's got to get past Anderson Silva, but that is a big money match for him. And if Connor wants to fight Diaz in boxing, that's always an option. I don't know if we will ever see Nick- Nate Diaz back in the UFC, though. I, I'm having my sneaking suspicions. It's probably not going to happen. It depends on how well he does in boxing and if he ever wants to fight again. But I just, I, I, I bet you, I'll bet you right now, we would see him fight Connor boxing before we do in the OC. That, I mean, that's a, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think that's a solid prediction. Like, I think that's, that's a sound prediction. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it would be financially beneficial for Nate to really stay in the UFC, right? Like, he has options like there's a whole landscape of other fights that has risen up since he was at that peak of his popularity and he still has a pretty big glow from from that peak like i would say he has much more of a glow from his popularity than what like masvidal is from his and masvidal is much more recent um so so i think i think nate's in a good position there and and as as i you know kind of going back and forth with you i don't necessarily see the value of him being in the UFC. like he doesn't doesn't care about being champ or 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 anything like that so i i could definitely see him um 
not fighting in the UFC at all, as you were saying. I will say he's got leverage like he probably has never had before, especially well, he has leverage if it's him and Connor. I don't think he necessarily just has leverage, like right. generic. Like, like again, him him and Leon Edwards resetting it. That was a good fight the first time, but I don't think he has super leverage. But he has that Connor leverage, and and that's what that's what the Diazes do, and that's what Luke Thomas pointed out millions of times in the past. Like they're the one. Uh, Nate likes being the B side, like intentionally the B side. He likes being the B side on a massive on a massive card. This was a little bit different, but I I definitely think any any of those options. Whether whether it's a Paul fight, whether it's a Conor fight, whether it's a Conor boxing bout, which I, I think that actually kind of intrigues me in a weird way. Like that that mm-hmm. finally it finally seems like something out of all these circus fights. It's actually weird enough that I would want to see what would actually happen because it's not what well we uh, we categorize obviously Nate as a much better boxer I think than Conor. Like you, you know in general you would assume who would win the boxing bout, but that's again within the context of MMA. What would that look like in a boxing belt and it's not a MMA guy going up against a boxer either because there's mismatches there I think we've seen uh, pretty distinctively so whatever he does I'm interested in it I just hope it doesn't take so long for that train to get rolling because that's that's kind of what had happened you know more recently and it, maybe it worked out for Nate but you know Nate fought in 2016 he didn't fight again to what 2019 I want to say so there right. was, and, and that was when Nate was at his at his hottest basically so I don't. I hope yeah. we don't get as long of a layoff. That that's just kind He's of. He's thirty-seven years old right now. Right, and so think of what he lost in all that time he didn't fight. He was only like thirty-one at the outset of the the Connor. Like he could have really had um, his prime. So and we know he's not in his prime, and his prime wasn't even. Let's face it, that great. I, you're as, right. Uh, he a his first guy. fight was he was 31 years old and now he's 37. I didn't realize. That. Yeah, wow. ba- basically the you know the second half of his prime basically happened in the in the era where he hasn't fought very much now he's, now he's made a ton of money in that time period so um and and I, and I think uh i think it's been um established he doesn't he likes mma he doesn't love it it's something that uh you know that he participates in but it's not not necessarily his his burning passion um is ferguson done now or, or where are we at with ferguson i think they're going to give him one more fight he's lost five in a row but he kind of came in and saved the day. The UFC does appreciate him, I think. And so they'll probably give him one more than cut him. And then he can go do something like bare knuckle boxing or something. He's, he's gonna it is interesting that, to he? see. Dude, yeah. It's <laughs> interesting to see, though, how Nate and Tony in some ways seem very similar with their, their styles and just their personalities and everything. But, man, Tony came off as such a fanboy in <laughs> that main event. And... um <laughs> He just his erraticism just didn't seem as cool when compared to Nate Diaz. I don't know what I'm exactly trying to say, but you know how he's irrelevant a lot of times. Like he like hugged Joe Rogan and said mm-hmm. something, and then before he's going to interview, he's just kind of a bizarre guy. And it usually works in his favor when he's not paired up with someone else with a, such a dynamic personality. But he really got overshadowed by Nate Diaz. Well, and it's like I said earlier. I think, and and I think both guys are. are like authentic people. I don't, I don't think that they're, uh, they're inauthentic people, but you really feel it from Nate. Like that's, that's part of, like Nate's weirdness does not feel like a put on at all where Tony's it's like 75% legit and 25% that he has to like play the character of Tony Ferguson. I, I feel like, um, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to 
it's funny when you say co-main event it really does feel like a co-main event because there was two sides of the main event that just were in different fights um the catchweight bout at 180 for this one Kazma Chimaev taking out Kevin Holland with a submission at 213 of the first round this crowd in Vegas had no use for for Chimaev in this fight do you blame it's, them no like think about that they bought tickets for something he put that completely in jeopardy at hotels Paying a, yeah. a a lot a lot of money too, like you know, this is not this is not some discount vacation that these people are on. And even if Kevin Holland doesn't win a lot, he's still someone that you know you, you, you can kind of root for Kevin Holland. Um, yeah, because, you know he doesn't gonna quite get the victories, but it's another another Chimeyev win. And and I like talk about it now, Rick. I, I don't know where the hell we we slot Chimeyev's overall status at the at the moment. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk of what he's going to be doing next. Let's just, I just want to break down the fight real fast. Do you think it was dirty that he went in for the takedown right away when Kevin Holland's trying to glove tap? Or do you think Kevin Holland should have just been side of side with the one glove tap? He didn't like motion, do you want to do another one? I really hate the glove tap after the glove tap at the beginning of the fight, you know? So just get into yeah, it. Yeah, like I mean, I I I like it a little more in the fifth round. I mean, I can do without it too. Like it's it's different right. in the fifth round where it's sort of like an acknowledgement of of what you've done. It's always so awkward because I never know actually if the guy's punching the other guy's hand or if they're if they're going for a glove tap. Plus, Holland talks so much trash that I I I think it would be reasonable to to not do the glove tap and and, and do that. So I I don't. I don't buy that. Did you have a problem with it in this situation? No, no, though? no. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, I I really didn't. Okay, because some people did. It just seems like you you have one of the biggest opportunities in front of you. Just focus, and that's one of the Kevin Holland's issues. Though he talks a lot, he he's just smiling and trying to have a good time, and he's dangerous. But he really should just instantly and been instantly be aware that this guy's going to try to take me down. Yeah, like he has a history. But and now. didn't seem very self-aware um no no you don't have to wait for the wade keller pro wrestling post show to find out what i thought of monday night raw and smackdown each week you can check out my reports that are updated live throughout raw and smackdown at pwtorch.com my written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show and it'll also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Okay, and then... Um... What, and then what do you real think about fast, the, the, though, who, who, real fast, who does Shemayev go against next? We didn't answer that. Oh, I don't know. Where's he at? So, you think he gets like a? Do you, does he get a title shot off of this? I I don't. No, I, I I don't think he does. I think the missing weight thing has pretty much nullified his title aspirations, and that might be for the better. Honestly, it wouldn't be a bad idea to see him go against one more top contender. MMA Junkie brought up some good possibilities for him. 
if he chooses, if they let him stay at welterweight, which by the way, this, one of the bigger things, one of the bigger stories from this fight is they might not let him go back to welterweight, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate for him. Cause he w- had such a huge advantage in welterweight. Yeah. Because of his size and everything. But if they let him, if he can prove he can do it, him versus Colby Covington would be what everybody wants right now. Yes. But uh, if they don't, and he goes at 185 and middleweight, they're saying him versus Paulo Costa because of the recent beef and everything like that. I just, I think some of his dominance goes away if he's going against guys like Paulo, Paulo Costa and Marvin Tori. Well, from an entertainment standpoint, I, I want to see him versus Costa. Like, I, I need that fight with Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, uh, you you would have you would have to figure he's he's an in between weight guy and that's you know that's why he's having some of these issues. I, I will say though, at least in welterweight though, now you have a fresh champion too. So the the matchups the matchups are a little fresher. And Covington that seems like a a way to uh, to see where we are with Covington and then the the fight before the fight with Shemayoff. So that that uh, I think I'd rather have a fight week of Costa and Shemayoff, but I think the the better fight to make would be Covington and Shemayoff. That would be the one situation Colby Covington would get cheered. <laughs> I don't know. He would, he, he would find something. He, he, he would find something uh, to, uh, to to flip that script, I am sure. Okay. Now, uh, the the one fight that was kind of a kind of a dud on the uh, on the main card, Daniel Rodriguez and Li Jinlong. I I didn't think it was like the worst fight ever. Uh, but like the crowd booed. Yeah. The crowd booed. The crowd didn't turn on the fight. They were just kind of. I felt like they just felt more antsy uh, than anything. But Daniel Rodriguez getting the uh, split decision victory here. Well, and it also made me realize that I was kind of glad these guys went against each other. Like their participation in the other fights wouldn't have been to me as interesting, especially if they decided to fight this way, both against Ferguson and Holland. So Mm. in a weird way, it's kind of like you got the B side. It was like B side versus B side. And they're trying to pump up Daniel Rodriguez and, um, and the leech, but we haven't seen Daniel Rodriguez fight in forever. And to me, the leech is always going to be the one who had his soul taken by Chimaev, but they were like saying how good of an ambassador he is to MMA in China and everything like that. And just saying what a good cook and what a nice guy he is. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care about any of that right now. I just, he's not having a very interesting fight and he lost, even though I don't think he really did, but when you leave it up to the judges and you have close rounds, that's what you get. You, if you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> I like I like your uh, your life lesson there. Play stupid games, yeah. win stupid prizes. Um, he wasn't playing any games. It was Irina Aldana? Uh, no, taking out Macy Chesson with an up kick to the body to the liver. This was yeah. Good. So I gotta say though, this fight was really good going into this third round. It was uh it was kind of an exchange of dominant, like each person, each woman had a really dominant round and then going into the third, you didn't know which way it was going to go. And you know, she's there on the ground and all of a sudden, uh, chase on just uh, crumbles and it was hard to figure out what, mm-hmm. the hell, what the hell was happening. And even on the replay, you didn't quite get it. Cause it looked like she just grazed and then you snapped, you know, I think it was Cormier that really pointed out how no, her heel hit her liver, like basically pressed the button to just, uh, just completely, completely take her out. You, you see that more in boxing, obviously with those, those, you know, targeted, um, like like liver punches. That was that was a a brutal knockout, as brutal of a knockout as you can get without there being like blood. Like that's that was a uh, very unique. Wasn't there a liver kick on a pay per view we had a couple of weeks ago where someone did a liver kick and it was just shut someone down? I feel like it was a 
one of the lighter weight classes that it happened in. But yeah, it, it, those liver shots are fun to see when they do happen. I, I, I thought it was a low blow or something like that. I, Cause it was from an up kick from that uh-huh. position. I was like, Oh no, that's what it, was a DQ. And that's then, what it seemed like. Right. Uh, Cause I, yeah. I wasn't paying full attention. Right. When that happened, I was kind of, and then I'll, I, I just assumed that's what it was. Cause it didn't even feel like the fight was over. Right. It felt like it was like a warning situation. Right. It was, it was very awkward the way the, right. the, the sound in the building was. That referee is so good. I never know that guy's name, but he's so good. Whoever that guy is. Who was it? He was a, a just normal looking white guy with the just perfect hair and just I, no one knows his name, but uh, a smaller that's, guy. But he's just always he's probably a good. He's thing, like right? multi, but he's bilingual, so he would like say something in Spanish to Irina and then speak uh, English to Macy and. He's just good. I uh, I always I always find that because um, I think was it does uh, does uh, the guy with the big long beard what's his name I can't think of it. He does. He speaks Spanish. He too. speaks. Yeah. Is this, uh, is, is, does he speak Portuguese as well, or is it just the Sp- I, I, I don't think know. So yeah. E- either way, though, I think like what a what a valuable thing to have as a referee to, yeah. <laughs> to be bilingual like that. And if you're a fighter, like how 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 much does do infractions happen when the dude just literally can't understand? You know, even if you speak a language. When you're in the heat of the moment, hearing technical instructions, um, it can it can be very difficult. But uh, yeah, so this was theoretically going to happen at bantamweight, but uh, we had, of course, a, a catchweight situation. But Another it's like, way, miss. but it's like, all right, at least we got something in that division. Uh, that that's that's always so so dead. And then we kicked off with Johnny Walker taking on Ion Kuleta, and he got a rear naked choke submission. Johnny Walker did. Uh, we like to clown Johnny Walker uh, for being all the mm-hmm. hype and being a buzz. I'm I'm starting to think that Rogan and DC and Anik are listening to our show because that was their whole commentary on Walker the whole time. Yeah, he's got wins. They don't matter. He's not the same. That was the whole commentary right. for this fight. So good good for Johnny Walker for getting on track, uh, despite the fact that Cormier was pleading with him not to celebrate too much as soon as he won the fight. I know. He did the worm again. And it's almost the exact way he hurt his elbow the last time, too. So I, it, Kuta Love a, is someone that you would think would be more successful and have more knockouts and just be a tear in the light heavyweight division, but he's not at the moment. And I think that maybe if it's possible him to move down to middleweight fight might be a thing because he's not the biggest guy in this division. I mean, he's muscular and intense, but you know, light heavyweight might be needing to change for him. Yeah. Uh, looks scary. Like he looks, looks like a fight. He does. He Um, really does. It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW news along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view VIP exclusive roundtables and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership? Okay, so that was the main card. Now... On the prelim side of things, I only want to talk about one fight because I've already mentioned sure. it. 
Chris Barnett defeated Jake Collier. Now, that's not a, that significant of an event, except for when it happens at a catchweight. A heavyweight bout happens at catchweight, because as I mentioned, this little sawed-off heavyweight, Chris Barnett, somehow missed weight. Um, he's 5'9". He's 5'9". He couldn't make the heavyweight upper limit. <laughs> oh, which is awesome. But he wins his fight, and uh, what does he do? He goes ahead and throws an amazing front flip, which he had done, remember, a few months back. He had yeah. Done something kind of similar. He went to get, uh, what's his name, the guy who was, mil- it's funny, he fights middleweights who become heavyweights. <laughs> Against Volante, yeah. Volante, who was, middle- Volante one, was a welterweight at one point. <laughs> but that one, his, his actual finish was um, was also awesome. A kick, yeah. Yeah. And then, then he does that front flip. And then he leaves and, you know, he doesn't do a shoey. No, 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 no. He just takes two beers with him from the crowd that he just picks up. Yeah. These beers probably cost like 18 bucks that he grabs. And he's just drinking both of them at the same, at the same time. That guy's my hero. I I, just, I want to be him when I grow up. Is he your spirit animal? He he, he really is. Um, His speech afterwards is great, too. Yeah, just, just like, where the hell did the oldest charisma come from? You know? Um, I know. Dude, Jake Collier versus Barnett, though, did not seem like UFC heavyweights to me. It just, you don't see that a lot in the UFC, like guys who are just bigger, super heavyweight looking guys. And it's crazy seeing Collier when they showed footage of him as a middleweight, and now he's a heavyweight. It's like, whoa. (laughs) He's a big big boy. I I get kind of an Andy Ruiz vibe from him for some reason. I I don't know what it is. I do too. I actually stopped drinking beer after I watched that fight. Because you didn't want to look like the fighters or yeah like, that's exactly what it was okay because I, I have a goatee like jake collier and everything and i was like oh i was like is that how i look I'm like so i'm gonna stop drinking yeah well not yeah. that i'm trying to body shame him but you know yeah. well i mean we oh hey we had a coven kevin holland email by the way oh i guess yeah well that it's kind of transitional but i will okay, okay. before we get out of this I, car i want to make fun of another fighter if i can go ahead Okay, the the fight that was main eventing the early prelims, the Norma Dumont versus Danielle Wolf, where mm-hmm. Daniel Wolf is a thirty nine year old amateur boxer who's had training in like as a white belt in jujitsu and everything, and UFC just desperately wanted to be successful because she's a featherweight, she's long, she's tall, she's one forty five. They wanted to make it work, it didn't work, and I remember her on the contender series, and they just grandfathered her in. And yeah, she got beat up and she lost. And I just had a blast watching it because she's supposed to be this great striker, amateur boxer, and she got lit up by DeMont and she just didn't know where she was at. And it's not like I enjoy seeing people's dreams get crushed or anything, but it is fun to see people get reality checks, especially prospects, especially when they're like older and this is probably it. So it's really like means a lot. It wasn't like Paige Van Sant was in the Rose Nami units. This was like her only chance. How very on brand of you, Rick, with that take. Um, I was just thrilled. All right, let's read an email from Patrick here. Patrick from Germany, by the way. He says, Hey guys, it's me, Patrick. Here's a little fun fact I learned from Luke Thomas. The way Kevin Holland got beat on Saturday gets called in fight metrics punked because he could not land a single punch, a kick, or a takedown. Exactly like CM Punk in his first fight against Mickey Gall. I find that funny. Thanks as always. So in the, in just the negative section of the show, apparently the segment, 
uh, not really any question, uh, just an observation there by Patrick that he got punked. Um, I will say we'll talk about it in a it little bit. It really did. It, it's very similar, actually. Now it, that you it is. It, it is. Um, however, uh, we have some evidence that CM Punk's striking may have improved. So, uh, we'll, yes, we'll, good we'll, transition. We'll right see there. about that. But that's not like the transition. That's a teaser because okay. it's not a transition. Because we have a, a an amazing fight card to break down next week, Rick. Or is it after the one that's next weekend? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we have a card. Like this, there's no other way to put it. If there's anything on here, it's a decent main event: Corey Sanhagen and Song Yidong. I think Sanhagen is a guy that uh, we have a sort of vested interest in because we had had higher hopes for him, and he's on he's on mm-hmm. a bit of a he's, he's on a bit of a skit right now after his his uh, title fight. Uh, almost a year ago. So I don't know what to make out of Sanhagen. We fantasy book him in like every fight, I feel like, in this division. Um, and Song Yadong is uh, kind of an internal favorite over here. He's uh, what is he, uh, 24 now. Uh, still at like 9,000 fights. He's 19-6-1. Most recently defeated Marlon Moraes. Uh, took him out. He has some incredible KOs in his mm-hmm. career. Um, so he's just kind of a Kind of a, an undercard darling, I would say. And meanwhile, like San Hagen's a guy that's trying to just break through the, the upper zone. So I, I think this is a, a good deal of matchmaking on a rather uninspired card. I think San Hagen gets back on track here. What do you think, Rick? Now, I'm going to go with Sang Yudong. It's time for someone else to be. Alfred Leach, and I hope he does it today or next week. Today, next week. But. I could see Corey Sandhagen winning this if it goes five rounds. Definitely. Like, mm. Corey Sandhagen is really good. And Corey Sandhagen, there needs to be a tier of fighters who just do not look like they would be fighters. Like, if you saw him at Target, you would not think, oh, yeah, hurry up. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> if he was in the self checkout and he's just taking too long, you would have no problem going, like, dude, come on, let's move it. Oh, you're Corey Sandhagen. What does that mean? But. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think it'll be a good fight. It'll probably be, honestly, one of the only fights I'm, I'll like actually sit and watch with all of my attention. But there's a smattering of other good fights on here. Yeah. Um, here's here's a question. Yeah, here's a question, though. If you were given tickets, like, let's say... This is like, uh, didn't you two or some band had a, or Coldplay have an album that, no, it was Radiohead. They tried to do a thing where you would only pay what you think the album is worth. Oh, yes. That was like 12 years ago. I remember that. What would you pay to go to this live? What would it be worth to you? Like, let's exclude like travel and hotel. Well, but what would you pay to be live in this crowd? So I, I but it's, you got to consider the city as well, though. Like, yeah, so if this card came to Albuquerque, I'd pay a good forty bucks to get in there. In Vegas, I need to I need to be given a ticket to this after I listen to a presentation on the timeshare. That's how that. Would wow, wow, okay, that's yeah, fair I, enough. I, I th- so you wouldn't pay anything. It's it's it rare is the card I think that you're more enthusiastic about than I am, but yeah, I, I think we've reached it. Um, we do have buried deep on this card. Uh. A bit of a a project for this show. We have Aspen Lad and Sarah McNabb. Oh, there she is. There, so yeah. like yeah, Aspen Lad, 
the once uh, touted prospect by the the legendary Rick Monson. Yeah, it's fallen fallen on like the Number hardest. Number seven times. bantamweight. She really has. God, I didn't even know all, she's on this card. All she, she did. all she's like had to do down. is win a fight. Like in yeah. in the last three years, if she would like won a fight, she would have got a title shot. Um, she's missed way. She's she's had a lot of she's had a lot of issues. In she's this. a problem child for sure. And then yeah, Sarah, Mc, how, how old is, is she Sarah? Now? Well, no, I was say, she Aspen Lad's twenty seven. So she's it's, okay. it's it's still reclaim yeah it's still reclaimable. Like it's not over. Like honestly, I bet you she gets a big victory here and it, people. Sarah be, McMahon's forty one. Sarah dude. McMahon's for, yeah. I could have sworn Sarah McMahon was either fi- uh not fired but. Uh, like retired or fighting in Bellator. I could have sworn that like she was right. on a recent Bellator card, but no, she's not. She's actually still, that's actually insane. That she'll she's probably in. Yeah. She'll probably end up fighting a uh, cyborg in Bellator in about a year and a half after she loses this fight. They got, uh, if you're looking at the UFC website, match by match, they have Damon Jackson here. Who's still up for has the record for the scariest UFC photo ever. What do we call him? He's, uh, I feel like he's on all the time too. Like we're always making fun of him. He looks like Casey Jones. Casey Jones. (laughs) So I'm I'm trying to look up there and I'm thinking of Casey Jones. Um, I'm thinking a combination of of Casey Jones. And there was another turtle movie that had this like cosplaying Casey Jones. that actually looks more like uh, I think the third of the live action turtle movies has like when they go back in time, there's a, there's a Casey Jones. That's right. That looks even more like Damon Jackson. Yeah. Um, he also looks he, Damon Jackson looks like that actor in also in um, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, anyways, continue. I, I wait, feel like I'm bearing. No, 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 no. Napoleon Dynamite. Which which actor in Napoleon Dynamite? I think I'm saying the wrong movie. That's okay. why I stopped because yeah, it's not Napoleon Dynamite. I'm thinking about um, it's that Casey Jones actor though because he wasn't in Napoleon Dynamite. He was in also in Sopranos. It's when he truly started losing hair and stuff like that. That mm. like this guy is his like. Like that actor can play Damon Jackson in his autobiography. I don't know if, uh, with all due respect, if uh, his life is uh, interesting enough to to get a. <laughs> I don't, I don't, maybe maybe there'll be some great feature this week that comes out, and I'll I'll eat my words. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. What else on this card do we need to break down, Rick? You got uh, Touchy Feely on this card. You got Giga Chikaze on this card. Yeah, there's some names. You know, there. It's not like something you'd like stay in for and tell your girlfriend about, and you guys sit down and watch the ball popcorn. It's on a little earlier. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, so that's nice, probably because of football. So yeah, it's just it's just something to have on uh, on the bars at the bars. 
before the football games or if you're not watching the football games. But it's on ESPN Plus, so it's not even that. I don't so know have, what it is. You have it's it on there. you have it on your phone then. Like you're you're going to the bar to watch right. whatever the big game is Saturday night and then you have it on your phone. Okay, we determined. We've got a month to go till we get the next pay per view card. Sadly, this is the best main event out of the three fight night cards because the other oh, one's like Dern and Dirty. The other one's Grosso. Oh my god. Uh, Who told Grosso that she's main eventing? <laughs> <laughs> these are these are all right up your alley. These next six, and then really and, and and but but we we have a nice light at the end of the tunnel with that main event at UFC two eighty though. Like that's uh, uh, that's what right. yeah. we've been waiting for for a while. So uh, we just have to sort of eat our vegetables until then. Okay, Rick, let's let's talk about it. Um, Patrick noted that there's a, a thing called getting punked where you don't get in any offense. However, my man, Phil Brooks, got in plenty of offense on the night of uh, AEW's All Out pay-per-view. Now, I discussed it a little bit on the solo show last week. And also, those of you on Twitter who are coming after me for condoning workplace violence, shut the F up. It's not what I was doing. I I was simply saying, can I understand people being angry in the situations that they're in? I'm not justifying the reactions to the anger. No. And as more information has come out, which we don't need to we don't need to go about detail by detail. If you're listening to the show, you've been consumed in it like uh, like Rick and I have for the last week. Is it probably the moral and the likely thing for the UFC to fire CM Punk? Absolutely, I, I'd be fully supportive of that. That's a justifiable um, termination. With that said, I don't know how the whole world has turned on CM Punk in the course of a week. It, this has been amazing really to see. Have. Um, and again, like, do, do I think he committed a fireable offense? Yes. Do I think Tony Khan probably should fire him? Yeah, I, I think, I think he should. But I think everyone's a bunch of freaking hypocrites because if you you like you liked CM Punk for this type of stuff beforehand, then you should continue to to not like him. I'm not saying like because again, he did act extremely unprofessional. I am not I am not saying that. But what what did you think? Uh, of like, but like, what was your perception of Punk prior to that? Um, you know, if if now suddenly you are appalled by his behavior and you're retrofitting, well, obviously this guy can't get along anywhere. But like, just because WWE seems to have their house in order now, doesn't mean Punk was completely unjustified eight years ago. The right. way it's been it's been reframed. So the the discourse on this has just been I've thought ridiculous all week. What's what's been your just general take on everything that's been going on with this, Rick? Just craziness. It just from the the pay-per-view it all started with the pay-per-view barely having any advertised matches and and it not being that good but it was an okay pay-per-view in general and then the media scrum right after and then you hear about all the fall like the media scrum in general with cm punk just going off on everybody that was so newsworthy and so interesting that could have been enough and then they have a fight where people are getting bit and doors are getting knocked down now titles are being stripped and people are being suspended and possibly out of the company. Uh, it's it's really hard. Like my three day rule really does apply, but I can comment a little bit about it. And it's interesting, like you said, how everybody was for CM Punk for the most part and understandable to his situation. Now he just comes off as a whiny baby, even if it wasn't him who instigated it physically where it sounds like the young bucks and stuff came to his room, knocked down the door with all that being said though, everybody's at fault. No one looks good. It, young bucks and 
Kenny Omega, they're EPs or VPs. They shouldn't have been doing that. And just Tony Khan has no control over his company. This is the problem with trying to be a best friend with all your your wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And I I hate that it's created this binary now too, because was the Vince McMahon approach effective? Obviously not. I think we're seeing the the results of that on the the improvements that's on WWE television at the moment. So like the ultimate authoritarian where you're afraid to use specific words, that is obviously not a conducive environment. However, it is pro wrestling. You have big personalities. You do need some control of the situation. And, and you know, you put that, I think, squarely on Tony, who seems like he's just been losing control for for months now, where, where we have these, these talks of the descent backstage. You have the release wrestlers... Um, you know, saying that the communication is just terrible within that company. You have um, other feuds that are just going on all over the place with the stuff going on in the women's division, all this stuff. That is where the buck needs to stop, um, essentially. And so with, so with that said, which is like, it always comes across like I'm defending CM Punk, then part of that leadership, I think, would be to get rid of CM Punk. That would be showing that level of, of leadership, which I just, you just don't get the, the idea that Tony Khan is prepared to do. And like, like, and I've said this for, for months on this show. The the thing is uh, uh, with Tony Khan, his overall contribution to wrestling has been a good thing. I honestly do feel that. Like, he's he's made WWE make improvements by what he has done. He has given us a place to see Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and CM Punk wrestle in a, in a way that, that just wasn't, wouldn't have been possible without his involvement in pro wrestling. There's that other side of pro wrestling, though, that you that the, uh, the the sort of dark side of the ring, if you will, that he just seems to have absolutely no concept or control over. And I, like, I'm not saying I could do a better job. This is not the case of that, because obviously that is an extremely difficult job. But the foresight for some of these problems happening is not it doesn't take a genius to see that. And that, like, I think Tony even looks worse with his with his comments on uh, on taking on uh, taking on Vince or taking on the WWE because Triple they're, H. that yeah. they're not they're not treating him well by running shows on the same week. Like, did you wake up yesterday, Tony? You know they say you know I was born yesterday, but not last night. I think Tony might have been born yesterday with uh, with with the way he's acting. Like he's so shocked about it. Can he be mad about it? Yeah. Are you shocked about it? Are you shocked that WWE, this no. notoriously anti-competitive company, who just like reflexively is anti-competitive, are you shocked that they are? Now operating like that, even without Vince McMahon, you 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 fancy yourself, Tony, as some wrestling historian. Have you not followed the career of Triple H and his constant undercutting of competitors for years? The and whole years purpose years? of the Royal Rumble was to undermine the NWA and WCW, and like there's a history of Black Friday, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like yeah, Survivor they, Series or was it yeah. Black Saturday? Sorry, they've done this tons of times. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I just feel like there's come on, Tony. I think a, a, like a hint of maturity, all like maturity in the sense of taking control of your company, but and also just a realization of of, of everything. Just need to kind of open their eyes. Yeah, I. It's just crazy, and how it all unfolded with the big fight, and now there's rumors that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega want out of AEW. Now the Cody. Cody Rose doesn't look so bad and maybe he got out at the right time. It's just chaos. Now, can AEW turn this around? I'm sure they can. And, and in some ways it's kind of like the Montreal screw job mm. where people think the company's in chaos, but there is a way to make this relevant. And the problem is with the Montreal screw job and everything, WWE 
owned up to it to a certain extent, even though it was Brett screw Brett, but they, they were able to make it a character out of it with the McMahon character and really parlay it into something huge. I don't know if they're them ignoring it on television, especially with the fans they have is the right move necessarily. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Yeah, that, that was the take. So this week's Dynamite was interesting because on the one hand, it was probably the the best Dynamite in like, I wouldn't even say that because there's been good Dynamites, but just because like they throw everything at you. So there's bound to be good stuff on Dynamites. This was like the most cohesive Dynamite that they've had in months. Now, part of that was it was just a lot less bloated with, with you know, you you crowned a new trios a champion on Sunday. Well, you you suspended and vacated that. You crowned a new world champion. You you know he's not in the picture. So all all of that stuff had to just be completely reset. And it and it felt like just a slower paced show in general. And you you forget like no, there's a ton of talent here and a ton of um, yeah a ton of resources that they do have. So having this happen now, like like we we're saying, may be a good thing because they don't get to get so far gone. Whereas, like, like Impact never got big enough, TNA never got big enough to realize their mistakes until the Hulk Hogan era. And then it was irreversible, seemingly, at that point. So they do have a bit of an opportunity, and, and, and they do have people that the, that the audience cares about. Now, they, what this has done, is it's funny. So MJF really killed all of Wardlow's heat, kind of inadvertently, with everything that was going on with him at the last pay-per-view. MJF would, in theory, be the hottest guy in the company right now. This has killed his heat uh, coming in. So that that's always yeah. the the risk with all this stuff is it's killed what you're actually there to watch. And and I do think about, you know, people watch these shows. They don't subscribe to the torch. They don't do all that. What the hell are you thinking if you just open the show and Tony Khan just says, after the event, we just stripped everyone of the titles? Like, what does that even mean? Like, and there's a way you could right. talk around it. That, that, was, that was, I think, a, a slight misstep. Um, because you know, not wanting to fan the flames, because I understand also not turning this into storyline, also because that can also erode the the trust of the fans. But I think they could have handled that just just slightly. But it's not the worst thing in the world. But that that would have been a moment to handle it better. But they they have a good tournament set up for the world title. Um, man, John Moxley, he's the he's like the soul of that company, just through <laughs> through and through. He is the I, I I'm comparing him to Brett in the nineties. That that's who I think he is. Like the guy that they never actually go with, but he's always there on ready alert to to put the title on him, and is like the most endearing part of of every show. His promo was just an excellent promo he cut, um, and it is pro the 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 gist of his promo was everyone in this place needs to grow the hell up, and it was just like such such a good promo, um, in general. Chaotic times. Like I I kind of stunned by the the WCW two thousand level of chaos that we have right now in a in a in a company in 2022 it's it's astounding it's funny that ends and before that all these people want to leave everybody's unhappy and then it just flips mm. but again this could flip again or something could happen i think that 
this is the wake up call that AEW needs because even before this happened, people have felt like their product has been suffering. So mm-hmm. something needs to happen. I am never been a big CM Punk fan personally. I think they have a lot of stars who might not be as big as CM Punk or bring in the numbers like he does, but they can make them be big stars. And even like you got Daniel Bryan over there who's or Brian Danielson, who's hopefully going to be your new world champion pretty soon. And just let him ride the company for a while. People will enjoy that. He used to be one of the biggest stars in wrestling. Yeah, I think he, he's a good candidate. Um, him, him and Moxley, I think, are both good candidates out of the group that's um, over just how this bracket breaks out. Um, the, the only thing with Moxley is you he, you just had him as the interim champ. And the, like yeah. he, he will have won the title kind of four times in the course of two years. And so you might want to just... And I know it seems like by reporting and his promo, he had planned on taking some time off right now. He's 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 on these shows just to kind of help, you know, as a favor to them to get them through this period. So I think Danielson is a good choice because it also, like, there's a good feeling. In, like, I don't know how what how much star power he'll bring. But Danielson in, engenders, even the evil Danielson, good feelings. And I think AEW needs good feelings right now. So that's a, that's a very Yeah, very and he call. can have really good matches mm-hmm. like real title matches and everything he, so. he could just be your champion your, your, fi- your fighting champion and, and yeah he had a, another great match again with hangman page this week the um danielson still except for the the match with jericho wasn't very good at the pay-per-view wasn't bad it just wasn't um kind of didn't kick into high gear let's see what they do jericho yeah but jericho still has good matches though that's that that's why it's kind of astounding that he didn't have a great match with with Danielson. He still has really good matches. And Danielson uh, that same week, Danielson had like a five star match with Jake Hager. So I right. I, I, I think uh, I think you, you can get a good match out of out of Jericho. It just kind of didn't. I don't get it. Wasn't a it wasn't a disaster. It just kind of never 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 really clicked. But uh, I, I think that is a a good choice there. Um, Rick, what is uh, what is the films you watched this past week? You actually had time in your life. What what, what happened on that? Uh, front? I know, right. Today, today I had uh, some time, and so I watched two. I watched Lo- uh, Th- blah, Lord. Thor: Love and Thunder because it's on Disney Plus, and um, it was okay. I my girlfriend's actually in it uh, as a background player. You see her pretty clearly for about five seconds or four seconds, and it's it, it was fun. So I hadn't seen it yet, so I get to see her in the morning, which is cool. Um, and then. I also watched Predator Prey, so I just finished that. I watched the Comanche dub version of it with subtitles, and it was okay. It was good. I, I really was making it seem like it's the second coming of the Predator franchise or anything. It was fine. Like, did you watch that? No, I haven't. I, I think uh, I think there's a nostalgia for the Predator for the Predator franchise right now, just for whatever reason. Like, it just seems to be penetrating pop culture a little bit right now so i think that's sometimes when it when a new property and something that's kind of beloved comes out we we will kind of overrate it just because we're excited to be in that world again well and i think it has also because it takes you in the world of comanches and it's a new setting it's not just him versus military guys and have you ever seen all, all the sequels that, all the other sequels i have yeah yeah i've seen all of them and so i would say this is pretty i think it would third in line as far as number one two and three but it doesn't i don't think i'll ever watch it again and i just didn't really some of the things that she did to combat him 
I don't know. She just became the ultimate badass towards the end, and she's working towards it. But I'm not going to spoil anything. But it it was okay. I I was it. I have such little time, obviously, because I I barely am on this podcast on Saturdays because I'm working every Saturday. But uh, was it worth my precious two hours? Probably not. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad I got it out of the way to a certain extent. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you, you. Yeah, I'm glad you got to like just experience like media and stuff again in your life, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching, I was really excited for this pay-per-view. I, I got to uh, watch some of the embeddeds and just like get in caught up in all the drama. Like while I was at work um, on set, I would just like sneak away with my phone and just see what was the latest of whatever. And fight night didn't disappoint the pay-per-view. And so it was good. And I had a good time. And so now we're just, we're just chilling. That is, that is good news. Any, uh, any parting thoughts for the good people? No, thanks for uh, keeping the ship floating solo, Robert. I'm sure everybody appreciates it, and I appreciate it. And thanks for everybody. I'll I'll be here next week, so to be continued. All right. So Rick uh, Rick's making a promise. Let's see if he doesn't get another suspension on his end. We'll see how that goes. Um, if you want to interact with me, though, go ahead and find me on Twitter, Rob's MV R O B S M V. Go ahead and you can find all my links over there to any torch work I do as well as any other work. Uh, got a little YouTube channel that's been kind of lighting up recently. If you uh, are interested in my take on other things other than MMA, go ahead and check that out. Also, you can send us an email the way that Patrick did. MMALivecast at gmail.com. M-M-A-L-I-V-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. You can also check out PWTorch.com. We give you a very Reader's Digest version of the, the going-ons in AEW. In fact, we didn't really talk about it. We just gave our analysis. If you need a blow-by-blow, they've got you covered over there. But that is going to do it for us this week. So for Rick, I've been Robert. We are done. We are out of here. Stay safe, and we will talk to you next week. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant collecting dust and now it's back shinier brighter it smells better it's our pw torch youtube channel and you can check out daily news updates the weekly fireside chat with tyler sage and zach Hadorn, and my keller commentaries the first keller commentary was my rebooking of wrestlemania 38's lineup i used all the same wrestlers but none of the same matches and i tried to make a better two-night event decide for yourself go check it out youtube.com slash pwtorch and be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week 
in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our torch year end awards the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year.